We are back yes. on the yeah on the dirty ugly wrestling podcast. My name is Dirty Mike, and I'm the big ugly. And we are on episode 121, September of 2023. Uh, time flies, uh, fit ugly. How about it? Listen, I you know we visited, it's it's the truth. I mean, 2016 to 2023, a blur, crazy. <laughs> Oh my goodness! But it's been fun. It's it's been fun. Uh, I've been pr- I'm promoting the archives all day, every day. The memories keep popping up online on that social media that uh, CM Funk loves. Uh, shout out to him. He's not going to be able to join us this evening unless it is a surprise run in. But uh, hey, we do have some folks joining us this evening. Uh, some definite returns. Uh, we've got uh, the one and only uh, used to be known as Jason Justin Tucker, but now uh, I think we all know him is jt wrestling jt welcome back great to be back of course and um also going to welcome back uh, the one and only uh i know him as doug many know him as doug but we know him as quail man here on the dirty ugly wrestling podcast what up quail man how you doing hey guys how are you guys doing today excited to talk about some wrestling today yes sir Dirty, ugly wrestling uh, we're going to talk about today. whole lot of things to get into, uh, and, and I will kick this off by just saying um, segment one, segment two, it's going to be all about us catching up on the world of pro wrestling and other things, tangents, of course. And then uh, on our third segment, uh, this time on episode 121, uh, Fit Ugly, we have got somebody coming back uh, to the podcast. We've known him for about as long as you just mentioned, 2016. Yes. <laughs> um, He's you know, been showing us his guns since Yeah, then. that's right. We, we've had tickets to the gun show for a long time. Yes. And, uh, now, you know, he's still very, very built. And he's now self-built. Self-built Mason Walls is going to be joining us back on the podcast. And uh, he's going to catch us up on things that have been happening since the pandemic and things that are going on with him now. And uh, it's going to be great to call, talk to him later. But first, we got our stuff. And this is what we do. And I'm just going to throw it. I just made little notes because I had too many notes. Can I throw something out? You what's say what? Go ahead. Uh, I was I'm not shocked that Dolph Ziggler got let go. So let's start right there with all of the releases and cuts of uh, WWE since this merger happened of uh, WWE UFC into TKO. Dolph Ziggler, who is, and I hope nobody would disagree on this call, a future WWE Hall of Famer. His resume speaks for itself. Um, But he is up there in age. He wasn't doing too much. He's not a draw. He doesn't sell tickets. Yep. He's a good hand uh, at this point, you know, but he's had his glory. He's definitely been there. Let's run the table. Uh, So Fit Ugly, I'll start with you. So you're not surprised he got let go. Exactly. For all the reasons you just said, I mean, his last big run was in NXT. And for it's not always very promising when the veterans get sent down to NXT. And I know a lot of times it's to help them develop. Mm. But let's just face it, the biggest you're not sending Roman Reigns to NXT. You know what I mean? So you're sending people, veterans down that aren't really doing much. Dolph Ziggler's been around for what, almost, has almost been 20 years? I think he's been with the company? Roughly, yeah. It's Um, He's been a company guy, too. He hasn't jumped or anything. I think it could be a good thing. I think that he likely makes the jump to an AEW, and I think he probably gets another decent run. It's possible. He's still in great shape. 
Uh, he's still in ring shape. He's a very good entertainer. He's into comedy. He's into all kinds of other things. I'm going to run the table. JT Wrestling, of course, there's Dolph Ziggler. There's Mustafa Ali. There's Rick Boogs. There's Elias. There's Aaliyah. There's Riddick Moss. There's Top Dalla. Shelton Benjamin, he's another guy who never went anywhere else but is in his 40s in great shape, ring shape. Emma, uh, you know, Dabakato, after all of that promise in NXT. I mean, I could go down the list. There's tons of them but jt wrestling what do you think about these releases is it freeing up money is it freeing up uh you know for other people to take t television time what do you think well i didn't really hear about it i saw a couple pictures of Dolph Ziggler's career and i didn't know what it was about really i didn't read because i was just flipping through facebook but Fair i mean enough. if they need if they need to free up money or if they just need to make room so more NXT can come up. I mean, it, it's fine with me. I mean, I was a fan of Dolph's because he was funny and, like you said, and he, he was always entertaining. But, I mean, if they let him go, they let him go. Yeah, and, and most of these people we haven't seen on television in any kind of uh, significant way. Um, and, and also Matt Riddle, uh, but that's that's not because of the merger. That's because of demons uh other things uh quail man uh, what do you think about all this i mean so uh, go ahead uh so I'm, I'm gonna first uh um what uh dirty ugly was saying is about uh dolph ziggler i mean his brother's over on AEW as well so i mean mm -hmm. they could make a tag team he could help his brother develop some more over there um and i think he has the second most matches behind kane if i'm not mistaken i think he has like 1500 and some change if i'm not mistaken is his is what John Cena said in the tweet that they had going on. Mm -hmm. He was definitely a shocker, but I agree with you guys. He wasn't really doing much. The Shelton Benjamin, I think, and Elias. So there's a few, actually. Shelton Benjamin, Elias, and Emma, I think, were the big three for me. And the one that was having the NXT match. Uh, What's-his-face was about to have an NXT match. Mustafa was about to Mustafa have Mustafa Ali, yeah. He was literally on the promo the day before he got fired, like live on television. Yeah, and some people were saying that was part of it, that WWE didn't really like the promo. But the only thing is, he probably wouldn't have been the only person that was involved making this promo. I mean, HBK and other people behind the scene would say, hey, that looks cool. Let's do that and everything like that. So he's not the one that did all of it. So if they didn't like it for whatever reason, then he could have just cut it and just did something else and made him do something else instead. You're breaking up there, Quail, man women's division because there's definitely some women on there that I don't feel like do that as much and Emma had a more problem once again yeah absolutely so um, I, I think we got all that that makes a lot of sense uh, it's 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 really interesting to see especially Elias and, and, and Rick Boogs I mean they were having they, they were having yeah, we're just going to free up some space there too yeah, I mean, but they're they're extremely yeah, good for releasing people. Yeah, I mean, it's a business ultimately, and you know, this is what you got to do. Um, WWE, yeah, also oh, absolutely. And then when they, I was going to say with them man. with them merging everything, I'm sure there's some implication. I'm, I'm sure there was some kind of uh, implications with uh, UFC or some when they did the merge that they had to drop some talent or uh, uh, make up so much money or something like that for uh, 
all the money for, they, they, they made from the merger. And I guess part of it was probably freeing up some contracts so they could free up some money with the merged company or anything like that. So I'm sure money had to do with it and the merge definitely had to do with it for sure. Yeah, yeah. It's very possible. So so Fit Ugly, let's let's see what we got now. We got uh we we got plenty of WWE content. We got plenty of programming. Uh we've got uh the merger happening, we've got the releases happening, you know. Obviously there's going to be some positive things that come from this merger. We're going to see. It's yet to be determined. But uh the one thing that we have seen um is and I don't know how much we're going to see of it because as of uh, maybe within the past 24 hours, the writer strike has come to a uh, has come to a little bit of a compromise there. So I don't know who we're going to see and for how long. But um, a couple of weeks before we recorded this podcast, there was a big surprise on SmackDown, mm-hmm. and it was uh, you know we thought Pat McAfee was a surprise. Came out and started talking. Uh, Austin Theory interrupted him and like, okay, well this is going to be another Austin Theory squash job here, but. Uh, it was The Rock. I mean, Austin Theory has gotten to share the ring with John Cena at WrestleMania and The Rock on SmackDown in one freaking year. Now, they could fire him tomorrow, and I wouldn't. I don't understand because. But this is a guy who's they're going to push. But um, what about The Rock? What about this? Is this a one-off? I mean, this got more engagement on social media and internet than anything in the entire year of WWE actually beat out so many other things in the world and the internet. Um, or, or is this uh, something to where they're going to bring him back periodically? Uh, you know, they have a big uh, first time premium live event in Australia in February, which would be a really nice setup for WrestleMania finally get the rock and Roman before Roman takes off into the sunset and before the rock can't do it anymore. Fit ugly. What do you think about the rock? Yeah. So I think that this was meant to be a one-off. I think that, um, I think rock, you know, rumor was rock was doing a bit of damage control. However, you know, I I think they might've had this already planned and I think it was a one-off. I think with the response to it and the amount of eyes that it brought back on the company, I think that they definitely, want to try and get the rock back for WrestleMania. Now rock did mention when he was at the uh, last uh, Colorado game, mm-hmm. that, um, he, he was, there was plans for him to face Roman reigns at, I, I can't remember which WrestleMania he's 39 said. in LA. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Didn't go through. I can imagine him trying to get him for 40, but as you said, because the writer strike is now over and the rock is likely going to get back to work. Um, I doubt that's going to happen now. And I doubt we'll probably be seeing him, It'll probably be another four four years or so. Oh God, Rock will be fifty five by the next time we yeah, see him. I, I I don't think at this point the time was now. I highly doubt we'll get another match with the Rock. It it, it doesn't seem likely. On top of the fact, that if I'm not mistaken, I think like leading up to WrestleMania seasons when the XFL comes back, right? That's correct. Yeah, so that's going to also make it difficult. Also could make a nice cross promotion if they were willing to do something like that. But I hear you. It's going to be cha- it's going to be challenging. Let's go back down the line. Uh, let's uh, let, let's start with uh, JT Wrestling. What do you think about The Rock? And, and on top of this, talking about the writer strike, John Cena has been around a couple times. What do you think about uh, either one of them? John Cena is scheduled to be on WWE television throughout September and October. Uh, he's scheduled to go to Saudi Arabia with them. He's scheduled to be at the next premium live event. What do you think about these two in general as far as the WWE goes? Well, I didn't see the SmackDown, but I did see all the media about him and um, 
Austin facing off. Mm -hmm. But I think John Cena's a company guy, so he's going to he's going to fulfill his short contract and stay with them. Okay. And and until he gets another job in Hollywood, which he's probably working on somewhere now, but still, he's going to mm -hmm. stick with. He's going he's going to go to all the shows that he said he was going to go to, and then who knows. Fair enough. All right. How about uh, Quail, man? What do you think about these two that uh, faced off at WrestleMania 9, 10, 11 years ago and now are back uh, prevalent on WWE television? What do you think about John Cena and The Rock? Breaking up a little bit, Quail, man. They kind of like had their little – can you hear me? Can hear you, but you're breaking you up me? a little bit. I don't know if you can take it off speaker or uh, – uh, Put it on speaker. Oh no, you're on my head. You're definitely on. Yeah, I can put you on speaker. Hold on. Uh, Try that. Do that. Comes down. Make sure we can hear All you. Right. Hold on. All right. Can you hear me now? Very well. Just be safe out there if you're driving. But go ahead. Yeah. So um, with the handshake and everything backstage with the rocket scene, I thought that was pretty cool. That uh, after them fighting each other two times or the once in a lifetime and then twice in a lifetime, they did their <laughs> little handshake backstage and everything like that. Uh, I thought it was pretty cool. Um, now with the rock, I mean, he's also probably going to be in fast and the furious as well. So it probably comes down to, I don't know if that's shooting right now or if that took a pause or when the next, next fast and the furious part two comes out. Cause very good point. That, mm -hmm. Yeah. He has to promote that as well. Um, who knows? I mean, he might just come back and like, who knows, just like be part of like the whole the storyline and everything, but not be the actual end game or the match or anything like that. Like they could do Cody can do this whole uh, hype up all this whole family thing again, I guess. And then the rock comes back and I guess sides with Cody or I'm not sure that somewhere around those lines, uh, maybe something happens uh, in regards to Cena. I mean, I think Cena at this point, I, I mean, unless, uh, when he, he, I mean, he has peace. He has peacemaker. At some point, he'll probably go back to that. But until then, I'm sure. Yeah, he's definitely gonna do as much as he can with WWE because he he loves. The, excuse me, I'm sorry. He loves WWE. So I mean, he's gonna do as much as he can with WWE when it when when time allows. Mm. Here's amazing. the other thing. Can I also say something real quick, please? So I also I don't feel like the Rock's got it anymore. Really? I don't feel like when I see The Rock, I feel like I'm looking at Dwayne Johnson trying to play The Rock. Hmm. I don't feel like he's able to tap into that Rock character that he used to be. It's almost like someone that is a huge Hollywood celebrity trying to play wrestler. Hmm. And, 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 and it's like back in the early days when he first broke into Hollywood, I think it was easy for him to just tap back into it because it was so natural. Because, but it's been so long since in such long breaks before he comes back that I just don't feel it anymore. I mean, I don't know if you guys feel the same way, but that that's just my feeling when I'm watching him in WWE. I think The Rock is not completely. Uh, I think Dwayne Johnson is not 100% completely tapped into The Rock as he would have been if if he was traveling 250, 300 days out of the year, or even if he was, you know, taking just a couple of months or maybe at the most a year of a break, but still being engaged with the company. I mean, it's literally been, you know, in between four and five years where he's been active with the WWE at all. I mean, it, it's, I mean, he hasn't been on WWE television. He hasn't cut a promo. He hasn't sent in a video, nothing. Um, but 
I see what you're saying, but I I don't know. I went back and watched that 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 um, SmackDown twice where he came out, and he can still he can still do it, but can he do it at the level that he used to? Now this is going to concern me if he if he gets back in the ring too. Now ten years ago when he was him and Cena, with, with Quail Man was just talking about once in a lifetime and twice in the same twice in two years. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, isn't that great? Um, he was he was still in there. He still had it. I mean, he it was a, a little easier tapping. Absolutely. But I think if they gave him a chance, it, not even give him a chance, if they work out a deal with him to get him a little bit more consistent with his participation in between now and say WrestleMania, and it's he gets back, bad. yeah, I mean, I can, and, and limited, you know, momentarily, not completely, mm-hmm. because you're never going to get back that magic that he had, uh, you know. 15, 20 years, years ago. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Never going to get it back. But can it be a good thing now for the short term? And can it help boost the merger and the business and everything else? Of course, you know, obviously he, he hasn't done it in forever, but look how many views it had. And that's not 109 million people watching it one time. That's like 25, 30 million people watching it several times um, on several different outlets like me. Um, so part of me, I understand where you're coming from. Can he do it is, is yet to be seen. Will he do it is yet to be seen. Um, Cena, he's just, I mean, obviously the years keep going. Time keeps going like we talked about at the beginning of this thing. Cena can still do it, but physically at the level that he used to? No. But does he have to? No. He's, he's, he's a Hulk Hogan character. He doesn't have to do much physically. All he's got to do is, you know have merchandise, run to the ring, uh, give his little sign, uh, talk on the mic a little bit, and be, en- be enough to work in the ring to where he doesn't make anybody else look bad, including himself, and then hit the five moves of doom, win or loss, doesn't matter. It doesn't hurt him at all. Uh, he can still do that. Receding hairline and all, bald spot and all. Uh, but that's okay. Hey, gentlemen, check this out. Um, so... All this WWE talk we're talking about. Obviously, we're going to get in later on. We're going to talk about AEW. We're going to talk about CM Punk. We're going to talk about a few more people that unfortunately passed away since the last time we talked. It just keeps happening, including Brooks Robinson last night, which I just, sorry, that one's fresh. I got to get that one out. The greatest third baseman of all time. The greatest probably Oriole of all time. JT Wrestling. I know you know about that one. Um, Damn, Brooks Robinson. 86 years old, passed away, but uh, great individual. Um, Definitely, you know, shout out to to Brooks there and, and shout out to the Orioles who at the end of September here are definitely in the postseason and just a few games away from possibly winning the American league uh, East division. But that's enough of that. We'll come back next time in October when we're talking about them going to the world series. That's when we'll talk about that. Um, but let's, let's talk about raw. Let's talk about raw and NXT leaving the USA network. Let's talk about SmackDown going to the USA Network from Fox. And let's talk about the people who might pick up Raw and NXT, such as Disney or such as uh, Amazon. There's a lot of different names out there. And uh, uh, Quailman, I'm going to start with you. Um, have you heard about this this movement, this shift that's going to happen, I guess, uh, in September of next year, 2024? And uh, what do you think? Do you think this is is good for the company? Or are we all going to start have to paying for streaming services that we don't have? What do you think? Doug, Quailman, can you hear us? Oh, I'm sorry. I, did, I thought you uh, – so, There you are. Uh, yeah, I did, he, I, yeah I, did, I did hear about it. Um, 
what I would say, I mean, uh, I mean, I don't think it's going to go on streaming because I don't think they're going to get the the money they want for all the advertising and the revenue they want. Right. So honestly, it would probably go to NBC or ABC would be the way to go. But I feel like NBC has so much programming already yeah. that there's probably no space for it. So yeah. honestly, I think I would say ABC is probably the suitor, potentially Fox. But I mean, you don't go to TBS. You don't go to TNA because that's basically already bought. Uh, ADW has that and Warner Brothers isn't going to. Oh, yeah. I don't really like WWE to begin with. <laughs> and then. So I think honestly, they're the only big ones out there that really can have the money to throw at that point. That has a big network, and Fox didn't want SmackDown. So if Fox didn't want SmackDown. I mean, why would they want Raw at this point? I mean, uh, at this point, yeah, I don't think they would would go for. It. I mean, maybe, maybe because UFCs they do UFC stuff on Fox as well. So they would coincide, but it just depends on how much programming they already have uh, going down the line and everything. Um, True. But yeah, I thought it was strange. I was like, wow, okay, well, one's coming back, but one's going away. So I guess maybe they push SmackDown more and Raw doesn't get pushed as much or something like that. Or it's yeah, possible. I mean, but usually, yeah, usually and, Monday usually gets more views than Friday nights uh, based on like uh, like the viewership and everything. Right. So yeah, they definitely got to find a hit, heavy hitter for sure. Yeah. And they could also move the, the nights now that, you know, if they move the channels, they can also change and change up the nights and move the nights. Um, you never know. Uh, JT wrestling Monday night, raw, not on USA for the first time in over 30 years. I mean, what do you think about this, this history, this tradition, this legacy? I heard a little bit about it. And I was shocked, but I mean, just like with all the, um, people are letting go with, Business is business, so yeah. wherever they, wherever they go, um, it's it's just where they go, and, and, and hopefully they go back to two hours. <laughs> yes, <laughs> for all. no, no more than a two-hour show. If we want a two-hour show, we'll watch the premium live event on Peacock, and that's not going anywhere because uh, they've got a they got to deal with Peacock for like ten years. Um, Fit ugly. All of this talk about business. Mm. All of this merger and acquisitions and and layoffs and f future endeavors and firing and moving contracts and money is there still a market to just be a fan we're not right we're not wrong we're not rich we're we're, we fans. don't get we do this for fun we're just fans right yeah yeah i mean yeah. is there a, i mean I, like i said i still felt a little bit of that when i was watching the rock um but i don't know if it takes feels from 20 years ago to make me feel like that i mean obviously wrestlemania is coming to philadelphia we're all going to try to go if we can uh you know wwe lives coming to the baltimore arena the day after christmas the tickets are not that expensive it's it's actually you know it's gonna it's gonna be pretty good is there a market to just be a fan and not buy into all of this all, all of these social media outlets and all of this news and everything can we just be fans I mean, I think I think absolutely we can still just be fans. You know, I, I think that we we just you you have to just live in the times. We just got to merge it. You know, we can't escape the fact that we have such easy access to the business uh, perspective of things. Because I mean, these these same business dealings have been happening for forty years. It's just that in the last ten or fifteen years, we've been more privy to it. You know, right, right. Um, this is not the first time that you know WWE has jumped networks with one of their shows. Um, so, you know, and, and this stuff was happening before. It's just that we just didn't have all the ins and outs. I think that, you know, 
I think that the thing that's getting us now is that we're looking at a huge change of era for the WWE era, as in the way uh, Vince Russo would say it. And so uh, I think that, you know, we're looking at the end of the McMahon uh, time frame and we're going into something different. But I think that we can still just be be fans. I hope so, because that's why we, you know, that, that's why you and I, you know, started talking when we were working together seven, eight years ago to begin with, as far as, you know, we were friends anyway, but we were, this is why we talked about wrestling. We weren't talking about the, all the business aspect, but I think just getting into a, a lot of our recent podcasts, you know, there was a couple of years there where the pandemic was prevalent. So we were talking about Thunderdome and, and what's going to happen after the pandemic and everything. But just like you said, we got to adjust with the times um, and that's what we're doing. And wow, I just hope so, because that feeling going back to Peacock and watching some older stuff that that wasn't blasted out there for social media, you know, sometimes there were VHS tapes, sometimes it was closed circuit television, whatever it was. I mean, I just remember the entertainment value getting out of that, talking about colorful characters like Hulk Hogan and the Ultimate Warrior, talking about great wrestlers like Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart. Um you know, uh, from the other side, and you know, the big big thing was w- Ric Flair going from NWA, WCW, back over to WWE, back to WCW, back to WWE. You know, this was all before the internet took place. Um, Hulk Hogan turning heel. You know, that happened sort of in the AOL era, if you will, um, in the beginning of the internet. But it's like uh, the business moves so fast, and everything's moving so fast. Absolutely. I, I just, in- I personally think, you know, uh, to Quellman's point about Fox not wanting SmackDown to SmackDown moving moving to USA, I think that they're going to try a deal with that'll probably last a couple of years with some other network. All roads lead back to USA. USA yeah. has been the consistent advocate for wrestling. None of these other networks, besides maybe the, you know, Turner Warner, the TNT, none of them understand or care about wrestling and so yeah. they look at it for the ad revenue they look at it and all of this but what happens eventually they want to get rid of it raw will end up back on usa <laughs> at some point like, it's gonna happen it might be another yeah. five years or so it's gonna happen it might and it's all under the nbc umbrella like like Wayman was saying and not only that you know all roads lead back to that but now they're going to have four prime time specials per year so they're going to bring back so something like saturday night's main event um, so that's just it's even more content. Um, now let me, let me jump into NXT for a minute. I know we're talking WWE. Let me jump into NXT. Um, NXT Becky Lynch is now their women's champion. Since the last time we talked, we just kind of breezed over talking about people going to NXT to help build up talent. I, I don't even know if it's because they're not just going to NXT. I mean, some of them, yes, they are, but they're also coming up. Those talents are also coming up to Raw and SmackDown, um, sitting in the audience, getting backstage, cutting promos, having matches. I mean, Dominic Mysterio and Dragon Lee had a fantastic match on Monday Night Raw uh, for the North American Championship that Dominic Mysterio holds. And he is a top level superstar at this point. Um I, I don't know. I don't want them to become completely interchangeable. I understand about building people up and giving people experience, but I really enjoyed NXT when it was its own sort of like underground uh, kind of, it, it felt like you were watching something different. Uh, I don't know. It, it all seems to be, it's, the, it's all WWE now. It's just a different ver- form of WWE, in my opinion. Um like I said, Becky Lynch is their champion. And Jade Cargill, this is something good because we're going to talk about AEW later. But AEW 
Jade Cargill was homegrown AEW and she has left and signed a multi-year deal with WWE and she's in the performance center uh, and she's very, very green. But you know what? That is the uh, neck. I hate to say this next to Cody Rhodes. That's the biggest AEW to WWE transition that there's been. Absolutely. I mean, Fit Ugly, I'm going to get you get you last on this one. You're the main event. JT Wrestling. I don't know how much you know about Jade Cargill, but uh, what do you think about the, what we're talking about? Like the N- NXT to WWE transition, people going up, people coming down. Uh, what do you think about all that? Well, I saw, I did see a little Instagram thing with her walking, I guess, into the performance center, like you uh-huh. said. Uh, I didn't read anything else, but... I was definitely shocked. I was shocked, but I mean, uh, I th- I think it's time because she she went undefeated for so long in AEW. Um, yeah. I mean, who else? Who else can she beat up in AEW? I mean, <laughs> I true. Mean, not not to put it like she's beat she's what, but you know, she can only no, no, yeah, fight, she she can only fight the same women. So many times. Right. Like, what else and, is there for? Where else can she go with that character and with that company, I guess? And I, yeah. I feel she could start a nice undefeated streak in NXT, probably, and then move up. But, yeah. Hopefully, NXT or WWE does not bury her. Quail Man, uh, what do you think about uh, Jade Cargill or Girlberg, as I call her? Um, you know, because that's that's kind of the character she played. That's what JT Wrestling just alluded to the streak. What do you think about the transition, the big contract, the big publicity? She's very young, very green, very early in the business. What do you think about all this? Well, for one, it was the worst kept secret on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, come on. Yeah, like everybody knew it was happening. It, it was yeah. like kind of, I think it was obvious that it was going to happen. Um, well, I mean, I think it just, I agree with it. I agree that it was definitely, it was time for her to make, it was time, it was time for her to make the, uh, make, it was time for her to make the, it was time for her to make the switch. I mean, she, she didn't have any more opponents. Uh, I mean, unless she's going to be built up like China and go for like the intercontinental, intercontinental title and go against men or something like that mm-hmm. there really wasn't anything she could do on aew so the next logical move is you got to um, evolve your character and i mean wwe is um, is the place to go i mean they can definitely help her thing and she i guess she coined her name or she copyrighted her name because it looks like she's going to use her own name um, yeah. and, and wwe so that's that's good i'm glad she's not getting some generic name that sometimes wwe comes up with that kind of sometimes kill kill superstars from, from the indies when they come up. Black Hammer. Not com- <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, there's definitely a lot more matches, and she wants to go against uh, Bel Air at WrestleMania. So she yeah. definitely – and um, the Rhea, uh, Charlotte, she she definitely has a skew of people she can place. But, yeah, like I said, she just definitely just needs to learn the WWE way, uh, not be as green – don't turn into a Nia Jax, and I think she'll be okay. Yeah, and I think you're right. And then she's not going to bulldoze those names that you just said. Um, she's not going on any streak with them, not anytime soon anyway. Um, exactly. That's what I thought, the whole thing. <laughs> but um, Perfect. Uh, that should be that, – is that Quail Man Jr.? Doug? Is yeah, that, that is Quail Man Jr. Yeah, we heard yeah, about yes, you? Yes, that is 
Yeah, that's okay. Pillman Jr. He won't See, hold we've got walking around fans right of now. all ages. I love it. <laughs> Fit Ugly, Jade Cargill, NXT, yeah. WWE up and down, Girl Listen, Bird, what do you think? To Quellman, to Quellman's point, you know, a worst kept secret on internet. This is where we talk about like the new age, and this is the part I hate because it would have been great to have her do a Jericho like entrance to inject mm. some life into that women's division in WWE and just have her appear out of nowhere where we didn't expect it coming. But yeah. alas, we knew it was coming. My hope or my thought process is that she does not do NXT at all to keep her down in the performance center. Let her, let her train, let her learn the WWE way so that she's not green. Like you guys are saying, have her premiere on the main roster. I don't think she needs to do an NXT run, but I think she will be a great addition to the WWE uh, and, and breathe some new life into the women's division. I know she. I know she's got Cody Rhodes uh, on her back. Like, I mean, uh, like as far as supporting her. But what do you think that that would do to bring into the locker room of this established women's evolution that has worked so hard to get where they are? And mo- you know, all of them have gone either through NXT or through years of uh, you know training. Listen, I'm just saying. F them. You know, I mean, it's like they <laughs> they 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 just happen to come in at a time like they came in from being no one. They had to go through the NXT. She's not no. One, she she's I like know. a Jericho. She took her time. She she worked her ass off in AEW. She did, you know, was the champion, did her thing, and she's coming. Up, she's a star. You know what I'm saying? Like she is. That's why it's that's so the reason, publicized. Because yeah, that's the reason it's publicized. Exactly. So okay. FM uh, wrestlers <laughs> have had to deal with this forever. You know what I'm saying? Like hand holding people. Like oh, they got to do what you. They got paid. She paid her goddamn dues. Come <laughs> on, roster. Fit ugly, I love it. This is why we do what we do. I love that. That's great. Oh my god. Okay, I can't yeah, wait. To honestly, see. honestly, I mean, Jade uh, Cargill. I mean, she wasn't gonna. Unfortunately, I don't think she was gonna win the AEW uh, Women World Women's Champion or whatever it's called yeah. because they're doing so much with Paige and everything else. So yeah, yeah. I mean, but she definitely paid her dues. She definitely did her little uh, Goldberg or Girlberg run <laughs> and AEW. Uh, and I mean, she did it well. I mean, uh, honestly, it was just like, who's going to beat her? And of course, Chris Statlander was the only option really to beat her because she got injured and she was probably supposed to beat her, beat her, beat her to begin with. Yeah. So, quick, quick question. Yeah. I, I, so, I, you know, I don't watch AEW that consistently. She never won the women's championship. She won the TBS, like the like their Intercontinental Women's Championship. Right, yeah, like the mid card uh, women's title, basically. Yeah. What? That's yeah. crazy. Okay, I, this is news to me. Okay, I, I just and assumed she, she was a champion. I just remember nah, her she, the belt. She held point. that for 50, 60, 70 wins, whatever it was, and then she finally got beat. Um, and then she had a rematch and got beat there, too. But, yeah, no, so they, they were – treating it but there's so many titles in aew we're going to talk about aew there's a lot of titles there's a lot of pay-per-views there's too many there's too much going on aew we're going to talk about that segment too also do not forget segment three mason walls later on self-built mason walls um we got a couple minutes left in this segment i just want to say so we don't blow up and go into this we've we've had too many rest in peace segments recently fit ugly but um general adnan who uh, used to work with uh, uh, Iron Sheik as Colonel Mustafa um, and Sergeant Slaughter, all that. General Adnan passed away uh, from WWE from a while ago. Real and also, quick, Dirty Mike, I'm sorry while you're going go on General Adnan. I just got to say, they might notice that like all of the uh, Indian-based wrestlers pretty much got let go. 
which was shocking to me because WWE tries to have a pretty good foothold in India and they pretty much let them go. Mansoor wrestles like every Saudi Arabia show gone. Uh, yeah. The other guys, it was, just, it was just odd to me. I just didn't see it coming. Shaky and all that and everybody yeah. else. Yeah. Uh, yeah I think- we'll dig into that into the next segment. Definitely. Yeah. Hold on to that thought, Fit Ugly. Continue. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I no, 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 no. That's Continue. a good one. Saudi Arabia. Remember, bring yeah. that up. That's that's the next segment. Segment two, we're going to talk about the Saudi. That's true. Like, what the hell is with the translate with the relationship there? Um, one more name, Jimmy Buffett. Uh, fantastic musician. Unfortunately, passed away. Uh, not too long ago. Have Margaritaville. It's five o'clock somewhere. Uh, make sure you get into that. Okay. So, uh, yes, we're going to talk about Saudi Arabia and and, and uh, that kind of uh, aspect. We got superstar spectacles coming up. We got uh, WWE premium live events coming up in Saudi Arabia, Australia, all over the place. Um, we are going to come back with our second segment of this podcast. That's right. Quailman Jr. said so. That's the bottom line. Um, so, uh JT Wrestling and Quailman and Fit Ugly, let's meet back here at 6.55 Eastern Standard Time right now. I know to the people listening, don't look at your clock and think that that's the right time because it's only going to be right twice a day. Um, so don't go anywhere. We'll be back with more of the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast right after this musical interlude. We and back on the yeah. Dirty Ugly. Uh- we end back. What am I talking about? I'm all flustered. Yeah, you threw me off. I ain't no. <laughs> you said yeah. You got you got your line right. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, we're back on the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. My name is Dirty Mike. I'm the Big Ugly, and this is episode 121, segment number two. And we are joined once again by the one and only JT Wrestling. Welcome back. Good to be back. And also by the one and only Quailman and Quailman Junior Tag Team Extraordinaire. What's up, guys? Hey guys, how are you guys doing today? All right, we're great. We're 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 just so excited to keep talking. We were we were talking there at the end of the last segment, and we got into some more tangents that uh, we need to get into right now. Fit ugly, take it away. Yeah. So as we said before, I was just I was just noticing how they got rid of a lot. They got rid of the Indian based performers or the Middle Eastern based performers that they used a lot when they went overseas, especially to Saudi Arabia and when they would do stuff for for India. So I was actually just shocked by that. And I guess it just goes to show that the T was a TKO company now. Mm -hmm. I guess they just don't really have as much investment in maybe those other countries where they feel like, you know, these you know, stars are, are are necessary. It's just like, listen, you know, just get rid of who you can. If they're not a draw, then, you know, you, you take them out. Right. And instead of building up your home base talent, which it seems like as they've been doing over the past year, like if you go to, if you go to Mexico there, you're doing the LWO and the Rey Mysterio and all those people, Zelina Vega. If you go to Bro, uh, Great started. Britain, you go to London, you're doing Drew McIntyre and all those people, you know, you go to, uh, I mean, it seems like that. And if you go to Saudi Arabia or India or something like that, you're doing Mustafa Ali and Shanky yeah. and the Great Khali and all right. this stuff. But it seems like if you're going to, they want this international presence. They don't want to take these homegrown people that are only good in, in those countries. They don't, they're not doing anything here. So instead of letting them sit here and do nothing, they're just going to take their main rosters over to these places and give us premium live events that are storyline now from there instead of, giant house shows instead of Pedro, dirty Mike, i cannot contain myself how do you get rid of a person like elias and keep a santos escobar you, i need uh, to understand 
Santa, okay. I will say this. Elias is and was and always has been fantastic on the mic, fantastic in the ring. He's changed his entire state of life and gimmick and character and, and hairstyle and facial and, you know, everything. He's done it all. How do you get rid of that guy? I don't know. Santa and just a side note. Go ahead. I was going to say my uh, my kid's middle name is, is Elias. Nice. Nice. I love that. Yes, walk uh, with a light. Who wants to walk? Is, is that is that kid walking right now? Yeah, he's three and some change. So yeah, oh, so he's definitely walking. Right. So we're definitely walking with Elias at this point. Um, okay, no, you're right. And Santos Escobar is a great hand. He puts on great matches, but as far as the entertainment value, he's stuck in a in a faction, the LWO, which is not great. I mean, it's it's also okay for what it is, but it's not TV ratings. It's not what people are going to see. I don't understand that fit ugly. Elias, I, yeah, I don't know if it's, I, I, don't know. I mean, correct me. If, I just feel like every time Elias was pushed to some got any kind of push, the fans responded. They've been pushing Santos Escobar for it has to been like what over a year now with this with this LWO stuff. It's not working, so it it's mind boggling. Yeah, I, they they have. I feel a plan. bamboozled, hoodwinked. <laughs> I feel you. They, they've got a plan. I don't know what that plan is yet, if it's a long-term plan, but I, I completely understand. And it, there's a lot of people that we could say that about. Uh, I, I'm just curious to see where they go from here, not just with Santos, but with everybody, uh, because the cuts may not be done yet. We might not be done yet. So let um, me ask you this. I, I've, heard, I've heard rumors Matt Riddle. Is this true? Matt Riddle's no longer with WWE? Matt Riddle's gone. Yep. Okay. He had some demons, some personal yeah. demons that uh, he's been dealing with for a long time. And the WWE thought that uh, they could get control over that. And it, it just didn't happen. Uh, so he has been wonderful. He's gotten himself to a position where he was, you know, tag teaming with Randy Orton. He was on the top of the card. Uh, and you then he just started. Smoking weed. That's what got him kicked out of the. Well, industry. yeah. I mean, you know, people do that, but you got to, I guess you got to control it and you got to got to be able to perform and show up and well, work. And he has, he, oh, he did one other thing as well, which I don't know if it's like meant for this. We could talk about after the stream that he did as well, that they, they alluded that he did too, that probably caused him to get fired. Is that uh, the family personal business you're talking about? Yeah, that, well, yeah, with his, how he dealt with, I guess his divorce. And then he supposedly he did something in the, uh, there was something going on at the airport or something like that, that maybe he lied about. That wasn't really the whole entire story. Huh. So I think those kind of caused him to get fired, to be honest. Huh. So, yeah. So, I mean, I, I think that's had to do with, and like the, the marijuana probably had to do with it, even though marijuana is pretty much okay with nowadays. But I mean, if it affects wrestling, I guess, then yeah, you shouldn't take it. But it just uh, all depends, I guess. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's moderation, I guess, and it's I, I don't know, but yeah, Matt Riddle was getting to be on top of the card. Um, he was up there, and now he's he's out of WWE. Um, and that that wasn't a merger thing, that wasn't a money thing, that was that was another issue thing. Um, let me let me say this. Uh, we'll we'll jump off WWE and talk about AEW in a minute. Um, I think, and we can go down the line here. Um, I think that the WWE is going through that transitional period that we're talking about from the merger, but also um, they're doing it internally. They're doing it on talent wise. And we're going to see a lot of things that we 
don't necessarily agree with, uh, like Fit Ugly said with the Elias and even Rick Boogs. I mean, he was proving himself alongside Shinsuke Nakamura. Um, yeah, it's and he got injured, and unfortunately, he never got a chance to come back. But or he did, but never got a chance to get back into that. I just, it's going to be a difference, and we're going to see some differences and changes, and hopefully, we're there. Some of them are for the better. Right now, it's shock value, to be perfectly honest. Um, fit ugly. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, JT Wrestling. Let me ask you this: um, with with all of this happening, uh, do you see light at the end of the tunnel? Do you see positive things ahead? I do. I mean, if if they're making room for uh, people and matches, um, newer old people. I just feel like it's going to get better. I hope so. I hope they have long-term plans that work in the short term. Let's let's just put it that way. Um, and do not forget Mason Walls is coming in our third segment of the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. And we want to thank everybody, of course, uh, SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and everywhere that you're listening and sharing and uh, subscribing and moving. It's fantastic. Okay. Let's jump to AEW. Fit Ugly, I know you don't watch AEW too much, um, but I know you heard about this. Uh, CM Punk got fired again. Um, le- that That's it. Let him ride off into the sunset. It's over. What do you think? Uh, Yeah, I think he's done. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I think that, uh, listen, Punk, Punk has shown himself to be, and we talked about this before on the podcast, he's shown himself to be exactly what others have been saying even though all of the crowd was cheering for him he is the problem it's me as taylor swift would say so (laughs) um i you know i I think it's none i I don't think obviously for ratings smart business decision if punk goes back to wwe i don't feel like he is the necessary draw anymore i don't feel like he's injury prone at this point um I, i think it's just time for him to be uh be done yeah, I mean, he he got to come back and do a couple of things, and that's great. But he all he's done is, you know, cause internal struggle for himself and and cause trouble for the the, the people around him in the locker yeah. room and also the company he was working for. Now, I will say this: I do not think realistically, if Punk goes back to WWE, that it would end up the same. I think that AEW and WWE are two very different companies. They're oh, run yeah. very differently. And I think that Punk felt a bit maybe too much liberty in AEW that I know he would know that he could not get away with in WWE. So I do think he might carry himself a little different. However, with all of the statements that he's made over the years, it will be a bit of tension for him in that locker room. I, I would think there'd be a lot of tension. Quail, man, let's, let's take this to you. Uh, do you think, rumored or not, it's a good idea for CM Punk to finish up his legacy in the WWE, maybe end up in the Hall of Fame one day. Has the AEW run marred his uh, his, his status in as far as the realm of professional wrestling lore? What do you think? I don't know. I mean, I think he might be in the Ultimate Warrior uh, category at this point of how Ultimate Warrior had his legacy. So, honestly, I don't, I don't really see – uh, CM Punk coming back to WWE, but I mean, obviously the pop and like the press they would get would be fine, but they would have to do use him in small iterations. Don't like make him the big focal point because you don't want that much light onto CM Punk with all the stuff he did in AEW with all the stuff he did backstage and everything else. Right. But I mean, if he gets one match here, or there, he's like the um, he's like the pay per view draw or something like that that you just have at pay per views 
kind of like they did with Brock Lesnar, then cool. I mean, he'd come in for a few pay-per-views and then uh, put, then he can go off into the sunset and be and retire or whatever. But yeah, I'm definitely in the boat that I don't think he needs to go to the WWE or he shouldn't go to the W. They shouldn't pick him up. But if they do pick him up, good for WWE, but they should use him in moderations. So that way, I mean, um, because, you know, like they're going to, of course, have the argument of, oh, well, Punk is toxic and he was going to be the same way he was in AEW. And then everybody's going to argue other, well, uh, Punk's going to do the same thing he did in AEW and they're just going to go back and forth. So it's just going to create arguments and uh, just stir up, stir the pot with everything going on if that if he was to go over there, honestly, with wrestling gotcha. fans alike, basically. Gotcha. JT great, wrestling. Great correlation with the Ultimate Warrior. I, I agree with that. Yeah. yeah. I, and I, and Ultimate Warrior, after 18 or 20 years, eventually did come back and, and uh, made made good on all his bridges and everything like that. He died shortly after that, but I don't want to see that happen to anybody. But it is a good correlation because um, Ultimate Warrior, that, that was bad. Even though that wasn't highly publicized until a lot later on, that was bad. Good correlation. Very true. JT Wrestling, CM Punk, yay or no? I really don't think he should come back because, okay. I mean, like like everyone's been saying, he's just a big problem. And um, even though they'll hold him the stricter, they'll hold him down and tell him he can't do certain things, that's going to make him even angrier and he might just do something anyway, so just move him off. Just let him retire and do house shows somewhere else until he's ready to retire. Yeah, I mean, he could uh, go to Impact Wrestling or, you know, work on the indies and get a ton of money. Um, doesn't even have to work. He can just appear. Well, uh, let me ask you guys this. Did Punk have – in 2014 when Punk left and he does the podcast with Coco Banner – he had me fooled. I was a guy that was like, oh, damn, like WWE did him wrong. Did 10 years ago, did Punk have you guys fooled? Like, were you advocates for Punk coming back, advocates for Punk joining AEW, and now you realize, like, okay, maybe he's toxic, or have you just always seen this? I I always saw the performer side, personally. I didn't buy into the politics and I listened to the Cole Cabana podcast. I heard about all that. I mean, and that was only his perspective. Um, I, I, I didn't want to give one side one to the other. I just remember punk being a part of some great matches, some great storylines and some great pieces of business. And I wanted to see some more great matches, storylines and pieces of business. That's what I wanted to see. Right. What about you, uh, JT wrestling? Did you buy into the, to the BS or were you a punk fan? No, I definitely was a punk fan. Even when we um, went to a few um, Ring of Honor shows, um, mm -hmm. but um, I was a fan of his. But um, ever since I started hearing like he's just doesn't want to deal with certain people in the back area, he he'll leave just so he doesn't have to deal with anyone. I mean, how are you going to get a performance out of someone who decides? I had my match, and I'm going to leave. Gotcha. How about you, Quail Man? Doug? Uh, so for me, um, I definitely was a punk fan. Now, once he left, I definitely – I mean, it, slow, it slowly started coming to realization, especially with the Cult of Cabana stuff with the lawyers and who's going to pay what, who, who's, gonna pay, who's paying what. 
that's when I was like, okay, maybe punk isn't who he made out, who he's made himself out to be. And it was like, man. And then once he did, once the first thing happened with the, the elite and everything else, cause it didn't sound like the elite did everything. It definitely sounded like, it definitely sounded like punk was the, the main reason of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so after, like I said, after that happened with punk, I mean, it was like, it was, it was definitely, you could tell that he was toxic and, Honestly, they should just part ways with them the first time around, but they didn't. And then, of course, it escalated. And now we, the Jungle Boy, they had the Jungle Boy incident. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, if Jungle Boy gets released from it, I mean, it is what it is. But I don't think he'll get released. He's just getting, he's getting um, suspended or anything like that. So we'll see what happens. But I mean, he definitely was toxic from the beginning. And I just didn't notice it. You know what's funny, though? AEW built two entire shows around punk's return and around punk's longevity the first one was rampage they they did the the split off from dynamite and they sold out the united center for the first time on rampage and then rampage is okay but it's not necessity since then then they built another saturday night show collision against uh, around punk's uh, return and punks <clears throat> run with the weird, real world's championship and all this stuff. And again, they sold out the United center to start it off. And now, you know, they, they have to cut off half of the arena because they can't sell all these. They, you know, that's two AEW shows a week um, that people can go to now. Granted people still go, but they don't, they're not selling 80,000 like they did in Wembley for any wrestling event that would come there. They'd sell 80,000 for that. But, and this leads into my other thing, and I hope that answers your question, Fit Ugly. Um, but here, this this leads into another one thing I was thinking about. AEW has way too much freaking content for its britches. This, I think I mentioned this before that Wembley Stadium was a little bit big for its britches, like it wasn't necessary. Yeah. Um, if it, it was, they're trying to make it a WrestleMania, but it just wasn't a WrestleMania. Listen to this. This is just from September on, uh, or end of August on. They had all in in Wembley. They had all out in Chicago. A week later, that's a pay-per-view. Then, not even a month later, they have Wrestle Dream that they created, another pay-per-view, uh, and that's going to be in Seattle. Then, uh, within a month after that, they're going to have Full Gear in L.A., which is another pay-per-view. Then they're going to have Winter is Coming. Now, that might, uh, that might be a Dynamite show. That's okay. But they're also going to have Ring of Honor Final Battle, which is also going to be a pay-per-view or an internet pay-per-view. Um so you count that up. They're almost to the point where they're having 12 pay-per-views in a calendar year. Not to mention a, th- a different themed Dynamite and Rampage every single night. Grand Slam, Holiday Bash, New Year's Smash, uh, whatever. Uh, it's just, I don't think they're at the level where, I think they're but, overshooting the moon. Yeah, Does this make absolutely. sense? Listen, absolutely. They're doing what, if you go into the movie world, they're doing what DC did when it came to Marvel. They're trying very hard to scale fast to catch up to WWE. It's unnecessary. All the other wrestling companies have done the same thing, making the mistakes, trying to hurry up, catch up to WWE, taking their talent, all of this stuff. Listen, just build your wrestling company slowly, just like WWE did. You know, you it's it's unnecessary, like you said, and they're going to burn out. They're going to burn out. Yeah, I, I, I don't. I mean, I know Tony Khan's got money and, you know, but I, there's only so much that this ship can do. I mean, honestly, Ted Turner had money and WCW went, you know, buck nuts in the last part of the 90s, but they burnt out. Yeah. Uh, 
And it's it's not that I just I just think if they keep going at this pace, I don't know about burning out, but the talking about you know backing off a lot. There and but WWE just keeps getting bigger and stronger and more global, <clears throat> and you know whatever the case may be. Not that they're ever going to compete with one another. I don't think it's ever going to be that competition. But but I, in, in AEW's mind, WWE knows that they're, they're not competing with anybody. Yeah. Oh yeah. AEW is trying to compete. They want to be that alternative wrestling program that people turn to. Absolutely. And, and you know what? In the beginning, you know, first couple of years, uh, pre-COVID and also during COVID with, when they had their um, empty arena shows in, in uh, Tampa Bay or uh, wherever it was, Jacksonville, I think they were doing that. I think it was a nice alternative. They weren't getting too big for their britches. But as soon as the pandemic lifted, they were like, oh, yeah, well, we're going to we're going to put on all these shows. We're going to add all these contents. We're going to add, oh, you know, do all this. We're going to flood our super um, our talent with superstars. It's amazing. I want to go down the line here. Quail Man, we're going to start with you. Uh, and that is the Doug Man. Um, AEW, too much, not enough. Uh, I mean, is it uh, where is it going? And, and where do you see it going in the near future and possibly down the road? So I feel like they're a little bit bloated in regards to talent. And maybe Tony Khan is at the point where he's letting a lot of these contracts expire so he can start letting people slowly get released and then they won't be as bloated and more people get TV time. But, yeah, I mean, they have a lot of TV to fill at this point. I mean, you got Wednesday, you got Friday, and you have Saturday now. Mm-hmm. And you have uh, you have Ring of Honor. I mean, at this point, I mean, they need to literally split up. They need to split up the talent and maybe even do, like, a brand split, like a legitimate brand split, uh, not like a Raw and SmackDown, even though they're split. They still show up on the other show for right. some stupid reason. Yeah. So if they did something legitimate like that or <laughs> created more titles and for the actual – brand split i think aew could do it but with all this content they might be headed down the tna path i mean i don't think they're gonna go bankrupt or anything like that because tony khan and his dad have so much money right but i mean they're definitely not going to be profitable or i don't know if they're going to be able to catch wwe in the way they want to um how they're going and honestly they, they also need to i think like having like kenny omega the Bucks and like some of these people they have as like their the head of creative and everything else backstage. Mm-hmm. I think their egos are getting in the way to be quite honest. And they just need to hire outside wrestlers that are, aren't going to be wrestling on TV. Like I think Jeff Jarrett's great. I, I really don't know what he's doing. Honest. I know he's supposed to be doing like the um, road dog live event role or whatever. But mm-hmm. like I said, I wrote um, and he still shows up on TV but I mean, I don't know if, like said, they just. I think they need to uh, change up their management a little bit. Besides Tony Khan, and I think that will help out in regards to maybe the structure will be a little bit better than what they have going on right now. That's a good point. That's a real good point. Um, JT Wrestling, AEW, uh, good for business, bad for business, and, and exciting to watch. What do you think? Yeah, I know you've been checking it out with us recently. Yes, um, I mean. Uh... I kind of, I kind of see the, I kind of see why they're making so many shows, because of all the superstars they have. <laughs> so uh, they have to have a lot of shows, um, but I definitely think they should, they should calm down. I mean, I, I, <laughs> I, I guess they, I guess with the um, whole London thing, they're just like, okay, everyone likes us so much, and. And like we were talking about last time, that London just um, eats up uh, 
any wrestling events as soon as they say they're coming. So yeah, they just took advantage of that. But yeah, they should definitely slow down because not everyone can pay for a pay-per-view every week. Amen. <laughs> well, um, I hear that they're supposedly supposed to be going to HBO Max and just add like a premium on top of it. I mean, if they do that, I mean, it'll definitely be a lot cheap, cheaper than $50 a month for a pay-per-view if you're only paying an additional $10 on top of your HBO, which is what, like $15 or something like that. So the $25 a month, I mean, you're still saving in the long run if you watch every every pay-per-view. But it just, I guess, depends on how much AEW and how much of an avid fan you are to dish out the additional money. You can always cancel every month when you don't need the additional, you don't want to watch a pay-per-view. So, I mean, there's <laughs> definitely loopholes around that with the streaming. But I think with that, with the, them going streaming everything like that that should hopefully help with hopefully with the pricing with uh, them being on bleach reporter and everything but we'll see uh see what, what kind of deal they come up with we will see and that actually brings me to my next point and that go- comes around to uh the big um hbo max or max or whatever it's called this is something that uh, fit ugly and myself were talking about during the pandemic uh fit ugly was the big proprietor of uh hbo max or max or whatever you want to call it now so that's where i want to ask you fit ugly what do you think about that if aew partially or in in full goes to streaming <clears throat> as far as hbo max does and then you know is it the regular plan you add the premium on what do you think about that move Listen, I ain't paying for nothing extra. All right. The <laughs> premium service getting they getting out of hand. Okay. But I'm gonna say I'm gonna say this. You know, I think Max is the best streaming service around. I, so I do. If AEW goes there, <clears throat> they going to the right place. I'm just not paying for it. So <laughs> but I, I do think that, you know, it, it could be a good move. Here's the thing though. If they I don't know, I can't remember quite what I said. I don't know if they're moving away completely from the Turner network from the what are they on TBS or TNT? I can't remember. They're that. on both. They're on both. Okay. Yeah, they're on both. I don't know if they're moving completely away from both of them. I think that might be a mistake simply because Max's numbers, when you look at the numbers compared to some of the other streaming services, they're not that great. Oh. We saw Lucha Underground, unfortunately, wasn't able to last on Netflix. Right. I think they should stick with that Turner network. Um, but you know, being on Max would be cool if it's an extra programming, right? But that I said, your boy ain't paying for it. But yeah, <laughs> well, I, I don't I think, think they're. Go ahead. I don't think they're going to go full on uh, HBO Max. I mean, funny enough, if they did, they would be then the true alternative because it's like, oh, we're not on cable, so we're the true alternative because we're on we're only on streaming or whatever. If they if uh, Warner Brothers could get enough people to show up on on their streaming service because i mean you know like with like paramount and stuff you can watch football games and mm-hmm. there's all those other shows you can show so if that's what the way hbo max is going to try to do what paramount and everybody else and peacock is doing which is basically tv then i mean theoretically they could follow follow the same train if not i mean as long as like they put the contact that was on tv like a few days later because like WWE takes forever when put stuff on Hulu, they take like months. Like it's like man, like this episode came out like months ago. Why is it just ah, getting on Hulu? Yeah, yeah. So it would be nice if AEW is a little bit quicker with that. But um, I don't think they'll go full blown that unless like so once again they want to go the full alternative route. But I think with all that ad revenue, I don't think Warner Brothers wants them to move away from the the, the regular TV cable uh, version. Yeah, that would be silly on their part. Um, especially for the the wrestling relationships that they build up with TNT and TBS. Um, okay, 
enough about AEW. They do have some decent matches to watch, some interesting storylines, MJF, Adam Cole, baby, you know, once in a while, but uh, it's just it's just too much to digest. Um, so, again, do not go anywhere. Mason Walls is coming up in segment three. I want to ask about the bloodline. We haven't talked about the bloodline at all yet because I don't know how much there is to talk about the bloodline. We haven't seen Roman Reigns uh, since SummerSlam which was August and looks like we're not going to see him until at least October, maybe longer. Um, let me start with uh, JT wrestling. Uh, the lack of the bloodline or what they're doing with Jimmy and Jay splitting them up and adding John Cena into the mix. I mean, are you as interested now as you were before? Not really. <laughs> that seems to be the consensus. What do you want to see happen with all this? I mean, is there an end game that you want to see, or you just want to see it be over? I want to see it be over. Okay. You want to see these people do new and different things? Yeah. Fair enough. I got it. All right. Um, Fit Ugly. I'm gonna go to you. I'm gonna go to you next. I'm gonna I'm gonna wait for Quail Man for the end. Fit Ugly. What do you think about the bloodline? It's dead. The storyline should have just ended. Um, and the whole Jay Uso turn, all of that, unnecessary. Uh, the bloodline's dead in the water until Roman Reigns come back. Giving him this extended break, I truly don't understand it. I get that times are different now, but he's still your champion. I mean, he, he, I, I, they, yeah, I, I just don't, I just don't get it. I think that they've kind of like really muddled the whole bloodline story do, going this route, and I think that this is the wrong time with the whole merger and everything. Yeah. Um, and not having Reigns on TV right now. And you're saying we're not going to see him until like maybe SummerSlam? No, no. It, it might be. I don't know. If I mean, I'm sorry, not SummerSlam. November. Survivor Series? Huh? Yeah. It yeah. might not be November Survivor Series. November's also the next India event. Um, I don't know when we're going to see him again. So yeah, this is like, yeah, this is, um, that's just to me, un unfortunate. I don't understand that at all. Um, and I just think that, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I'm I mean, not. I'm not feeling the bloodline thing right I now. I feel you, and I'm okay with having your champion be an attraction, but not to the point of uh, several months without an explanation. I mean, that's just too long. Uh, and I'm going to ask you, Quail Man, um, do you think that this takes away from the not only the validity of the bloodline storyline, but of the universal uh, championship? Yeah, I mean. I've always, I mean, I always thought there was those rule, the hit, the, 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 you know, the unspoken rules of you <laughs> just defend your title at least once a month yeah, and everything. So I think like, but I mean, I think people have gotten used to the Roman Reigns just disappearing that they're okay with it. But yeah, like this, the bloodline stuff is definitely drawn out once, once uh, either Jay or Jimmy, whoever, whichever one left, once he finally left the bloodline and uh, parted ways, I think that should have been the end of it. That, that literally should have just been the end of the bloodline and everybody should have went their separate ways except for Paul Heyman and Roman Reigns. Yeah. But I mean, at this point, it just seems like WWE is pushing uh, the uh, judgment day to the moon right now. And they yeah. don't really care about bloodline too much anymore. That's what it seems like is happening. So I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Finn Balor or, well, honestly, Damian Priest will probably win the world heavyweight title. Finn Balor will probably turn on him. Priest will go face, and then Finn Balor will be champion, and uh, Priest will be fighting the Judgment Day and trying to win the title from Finn Balor that he got he lost because he was betrayed. Like the Evolution storyline of 
bringing them up and putting them down. And then obviously Finn Balor winning the title. And then there you go. Interesting. That's a, I, I like your take on it. Anything could happen at this point in time. We are going to find out. I, I would like to see the bloodline just, uh, it isn't as intriguing as it used to be. Um, and as, as much work as Roman Reigns has put into this, this character, just taking the extended absence doesn't work for me. Um, let's talk about Seth freaking Rollins. Uh, the man who's got the most over, uh, theme music ever uh and that can get people to sing in a drop of a hat that's great and he can still put on stuff in the ring he's pretty good um he is in a program right now with a heel shinsuke nakamura mr pinball back and forth um let's start with fit ugly um do you like this feud do you want to see shinsuke take it out or do you want to see something like damian priest uh and and, you know throw the poo-poo on this whole thing and just cash in and win um, yeah, I think I'd rather see Damian Priest throw the uh, whole thing and just uh, go poo-poo on it. And uh, yeah, let's catch it in. Um, I mean, I think the Shinsuke thing started off strong with him whispering something in the ear. But at this point now, I'm kind of just like, uh, I, I'm not so sure about it anymore. <laughs> and, and and as uh, Quailman said, you know, Judgment Day is being pushed to the moon. I think it would be a good time to just have Damian kind of like insert him into the thing. Okay, fair enough. JT Wrestling, what do you think? I can definitely see Damian Priest um, winning. I I would probably say that Shinsuke wins and and Damian cashes. Okay, after Shinsuke wins, I got you. And and Quailman, uh, do you think uh, Shinsuke is just a filler here, just to just to further the Judgment Day versus Seth Rollins, or uh, you know, or or just to have the cash in? Um, and uh, what, what I, go ahead. I think it's going to be filler, and it's definitely. I don't think Shin. I don't think Shinsuke wins, and then uh, Shinsuke versus Judgment Day. I mean, since Seth Rollins is like the man, yeah. Then I think. I mean, honestly, uh, um, Shinsuke is going to beat him up after match. How they usually do something like that, and then that's when he takes. His, he's like the ultimate opportunist, and he goes out and, like I said, he then goes ahead and cashes in and, and takes it. So there's definitely going to be some opportune moment. That he does it unless I mean they wait until like elimination chamber, which is in Australia, which would be a shocking thing to happen. Then like he goes through an elimination chamber match, elimination chamber match. Seth Rollins wins, and at the end of it, then he cashes in, and then boom, there you go. Then it's like, mm-hmm. oh my god, you got to watch Australia now because Seth Rollins lost the world heavyweight title and got cashed in on or something like that. I don't, I don't know, but <laughs> yeah. So I mean, yeah, I think it's. I think yeah, it's just Shinsuke at this point is filler. I mean, at the beginning, like like Big Ugly was saying, it was definitely um, was good stuff. But I mean, Shinsuke's his English isn't the greatest, and I mean, if he had like a uh, he had a, a like a good mouthpiece or something, it could work out. But since he doesn't really have the mouthpiece to go with it, um, I don't think really it's going to work out too much for him. Gotcha. How about I throw out the name of Cody Rhodes, who's kind of involving himself in this whole Jimmy Uso, main event Jay Uso, uh, bloodline, whatever is left of it, uh, Solo Sokoa, uh, Fit Ugly. Is Cody just fledgling right now until they get him back into a main event storyline, or what's happening? Yeah, I think Cody Rhodes is just going to end up uh, pretty much just – Kind of just milling around until I think we get towards that WrestleMania season. 
Okay. And where they are going to thrust him back into that like main event picture. Because he's still the company guy. Like he's still the poster boy, but he's just not involved in anything too big right now. He had his feud with Brock Lesnar. Now it, he's cooling off. Exactly. You feel me? Yes. Okay. JT Wrestling, Cody Rhodes. What do you think? Yeah, I think he's just sort of biding time until he can uh, go for the title. I'm not sure. I'm not sure who he would go against, but whoever wins it after Seth loses, or okay. And Quailman, I'm gonna throw Cody Rhodes, but I'm also gonna throw the transition name L.A. Knight. Yeah, start with Cody. So with, I mean, with Cody Rhodes, I mean, at this point, he's definitely like the waiting game right now. He's part of the, we should have beat Roman Reigns for the title uh, stable right now because all of them had amazing matches with Roman Reigns. And you could say any of any four of those guys could have beaten Roman Reigns and beat him for the title and they could have made it work. Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, especially Sami Zayn. Like Sami Zayn could have been Daniel Bryan, but they didn't pull the trigger. Really, mm-hmm. Drew McIntyre should have been the guy that won it, the first person that won it. So Drew McIntyre is the only one missing from there. Cody, but the only thing now is Cody might not even get the match. If The Rock shows up at WrestleMania 40, he may not get the he – he may never finish the story. Mm-hmm. I mean, like the story might just be like to be continued for like another year until The Rock is gone. So hopefully The Rock just does Royal Rumble against like Roman Reigns. And then they do um, – then like so Cody gets his WrestleMania match or something like that. But I don't want Cody to win the Royal Rumble again. I mean, honestly, I want no, somebody else to win the Royal either. Rumble. So, yeah, I mean, it's just I, – we'll see how it shakes out. But, yeah, it's pretty uh, pretty good. Now, on to your next thing, L.A. Knight. I mean, L.A. Knight right now, he's pretty hot. Now, is he going to be – do I see him beating Roman Reigns or anything like that? No, I think we got to wait at this point until uh, he drops the title to someone and then maybe potentially he gets the push. I mean, actually, I mean, Roman Reigns could – potentially fight him but i think right now bobby lashley is supposed to be his next opponent it's from what i from what i read so hmm. bobby bobby's gonna be the next one to go against roman reigns so i don't see la Knight really getting into the mix until at least backlash or at least after wrestlemania is over with i like la Knight as an attraction i don't need him in this title picture yet jt yeah, exactly. wrestling, wrestling what do you think la Knight? i definitely see him as an attraction um I, I say he could definitely beat um, Roman Reigns after he loses the title. Um, so pretty much, I agree with everything. Gotcha. And uh, fit ugly. I know we got about ninety seconds left, so we're gonna come back and talk to Mason Walls in our third con. But I want you to finish off with L.A. Knight. What do you think? They need to push him to the moon now. <laughs> this this slow burn. It doesn't make sense to me, but you know, if we'll see if they what they do. I think they need to put the machine behind him. I don't think they need to let him go. Like uh, we were talking about Elias and things like that earlier. They need to put the machine behind him. They need to make him that attraction and uh, keep you know keep pushing him. Whatever that means to the moon, I agree. And but I also do think that there's a lot of avenues that they could take with them. So I think they, they're not sure yet. But whatever it is, he gets ratings. He sells tickets. Yeah, uh, L.A. Knight is the man. All right, uh, Quail Man, I want to thank you for joining us, and, and Quail Man Junior for uh, joining us, and thank you very much for coming back to the podcast. Yeah, no problem. I'm, hopefully, I'll see you guys uh, sooner than later for the for the next one. But it was my pleasure being with you guys today. 
Of course. And JT Wrestling, thank you as always for coming back. Good to always come back. All right. And uh, Fit Ugly, we are going to take a break and get one more musical interlude and then come back with Mason Walls. Yes, Can you sir. dig it? Yes, sir. All right. We'll be right back with more of the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast and Mason Walls right after this. And we're back. Yeah. See, I got it right that time. The Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. Once again, my name is Dirty Mike. And I'm the Big Ugly. This is segment three of episode 121. We've been promising it all night. And we got it. The we are here. Show. <laughs> I mean, we've had our tickets to the gun show for a lot of years. We've been saying that we've had this, we've had this gentleman on uh, several different times over the years. Now we want to hear uh, the evolution of the man. We want to hear what's going on now with the man, with with family, with friends, with the pro- professional wrestling business. And he did it. He, he had some help, but ultimately he did it by himself. And that is why he is now known as Self Built. Mason Walls, welcome back to the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. Guys, 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 thank you for welcoming me back. It's been a little bit. I'm glad I'm I'm glad I'm back. You know, I'm glad to be back. I'm glad to be able to, you know, share what's been going on since. You guys have been wonderful to me to the first time. So, you know, this time ain't going to be no different. I'm ready to pop off with all the conversation. Let's talk about it. Mikey D, thank you for putting 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 respect on my name i am no longer the gun show that's now belongs to sean Gaines. if you know who i'm talking about mikey oh yeah you understand that's him now that's his thing so he's the gun show but as you said i am self-built mason walls and that's all i want to talk about just me on my own on my own two feet making it do what it do putting 110 percent behind everything that i do let's get it fellas Fit yeah, Ugly, do you remember that was that was awesome. Fit Ugly, you remember the first time we had this guy on and I had to get the words out of his mouth. You remember how I had to coax him into cutting a promo on me? Yes. I also <laughs> remember I just remember a very long conversation about cheesesteaks. I don't know why that always sticks out in my mind, but I remember that. Yeah. Dude. We could talk about cheesesteaks all day long, but I just want to say that, that I am so proud of this guy. Like, I just know that I've been following his career, you know, on the social media and everything like that. And, I, you know, I'm looking forward to hoping, hopefully working with him again. I've refereed him. I'm ring announced him. And this guy is is growing in mind, in spirit, in body, in talent, and also in voice because – that that promo that you just cut. I mean, I mean, I know that's you. It's not just a promo. That's you. So there I mean, you what up. you you turned up to like eleven or like a hundred, and what you just did, it just makes me happy because I seeing the evolution. I've got a si- nice side by side picture that's on your social media that I'm going to put up on this podcast, there like you where you were and where you are now. Like, all right, okay, bruh. okay, yeah. like, bro, I'm so proud of you. <laughs> I appreciate it, man. Thank you. And I just want to know, like, obviously, you know, Sean's doing a gun show. He's doing his thing. We had the pandemic happen, and that kind of slowed everybody down. What, what's been going on with you? Explain the evolution of self-built Mason Walls over the last couple of years. Tell us what you've been doing, man. I mean, look, I've been taking every opportunity that's been, you know, put out there for me. I've been grinding as hard as I can. I get in the gym. I make it do what it do. I go to training. I'm now training at the – uh mcw pro wrestling training academy in Joppa, maryland so you know that that grind is always going to be like one hell of a grind so keeps my mind sharp keeps me going 
you know, along with me just doing everything that I can do outside of the ring to pretty much give myself a better presentation. You know what I mean? I want to always be able to present myself in the best light possible to any audience that I'm in front of. So I feel like MCW Pro Wrestling is helping me grow into a better me all day, every day. As you say, Mikey D., you're very proud of me. I'm trying to learn as much as I can. And you already know what I'm doing right now, brother. Proverbial, pointing at the mind, pointing at the head, because <laughs> you have to use your head first. If you do not, man, trust and believe, all these things would never, ever, ever, ever be possible. So you 100 stand on the grind, right. brother. Do that. You're 100% right. Fit Ugly, what you want to know from this man? I know you got questions. I know yes. you got it's fine. I was going to ask Mason. You you kind of took the words out of my mouth because I was like going to be like the the last time you know we talked to him a, a little bit ago, um, and I, I've seen him traveling over the years throughout the throughout the country, going down to Florida if I'm not mistaken, everything. And so I was really going to ask about evolution. I, but honing in on the self built Mason Walls, how did this uh, come about? What made you move into you know self built Mason Walls? Um. So. I pretty much started to build this while I was still uh, in a tag team. I was in a tag team uh, known as Black Magic, and we've done uh, plenty of things all over the East Coast, won about eight tag team titles together, and we yep. built a lot of history. So that's, you know, that's what that was. I felt like we, we built something great, and uh, I wanted to branch off and do my own thing. You know what I'm saying? Because I knew I always had that in me. And when I started my uh, career, I started in the tag team, and then it uh, quickly fizzled out. Then it ended up being just me for a little bit. So um, I saw within that little bit of time of doing my own thing that I knew that I had that, you know, that singularly, uh, singularly, ah, getting the words all messed up. That's all good, man. I hear <laughs> but look, you. But look, I, I felt like I can do this by myself. I felt like I can do something on my own and grow something out of it. So. I felt like while, you know, transitioning in and out of tag teams all the years that I've been doing this, especially tagging with uh, Tony Macko, who I've tagged with for the longest, about four years, um, I felt like after I did all this for the, like the majority of my years of doing this, I've been doing this about eight years now, and about mm. four or five of them I've been tag team. Um, I felt like I have a lot to offer as a singles guy, a lot to offer, a lot to do, a lot to unpack, and a lot of matches that I need to have in order to test my own limit. Like, I want to be one of those guys who's always pushing that upper echelon, you know? So that's where I'm at with it, and that's where, like, self-built started to build within the tag team. And I started to just to just think about this over and over and over, and, I, and as I, like, see myself uh, doing it, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm always cutting promos in the mirror by myself and just, you know, always seeming like I have my own back. It's just that... Yeah. That's the direction that I feel like I was already starting to move out in the tag team. And even right this second, I'm moving more so within it than I ever have been in my entire career. And it feels absolutely amazing. Now, like you said about, you know, getting out here, there's matches you want to have, you know, thinking back to I'm going back to WWE. You know, when Cody Rose first left the WWE, he kind of like made this viral list of wrestlers that he wanted to have matches against. Do you have someone in particular or somebody or maybe even some people that you're like, I got to have matches with these guys coming up? Well, um, I don't have many right this second. I would say that I have about two guys I can name off the top of my head that I see that still, you know, grinding hard on the uh, on the independence. Well, one of them is uh, 
with uh, Impact Wrestling, Dash and Chris Bay. Mm-hmm. I want to have a match with Chris Bay. I met him a couple years ago in um, 2019 at a Love Alive charity event that I was doing. I felt like this guy was already phenomenal, uh, building his name up then, and he's even more greater than he's ever been now. We keep a good line of communication with each other, so I feel like that needs to happen at some point. And um, this other dude, uh, he is a former NLW Major League Wrestling middleweight champion. I think he liked it multiple times at that. Uh, Myron Reed, I definitely want to get in the ring and roll around with him as well. Like, I feel like these guys will be able to bring uh, that extra, extra step out of me, that extra level that I need to get to. I feel like those guys will be able to unlock it. And then once they do, I'll be on my way up in the level that I need to be on. That's that's pretty cool. I've I've heard of those names before, yeah. and to, and to capitalize on what you were saying, Fit Ugly, and and actually what you were just saying, Mason. What is the next level? I mean, obviously, you know, time does not stop. Uh, time does not stand still. But do you want to move further in the business? Do you want to get as a singles wrestler up to you know Impact Wrestling, AEW, NXT Performance Center, WWE? Are those goals still in your focal point? I would say those goals are still intact. When I say um, it's the only thing that I'm worried about, no, because I, um, as I'm putting more years and years on while I'm still learning, you know that you'll never, ever really be ready for the things that you never experienced before. You know sure. what I mean? So I'm looking at like, well, I've been, I've been on this level and I've experienced it. I'm doing it over and over and over, getting the repetition that I need, getting the practice that I need, getting the feel of the, you know, every crowd that I'm in front of that I need while I'm on these levels. And I'm enjoying uh, the process, to be honest with you. Like, I'm enjoying the process a lot more than I used to uh, in my early years because when you're a lot younger, right, don't you always hope and wish for things to happen right then and there? Don't we always do? Like, even as kids, what do we do? We always wish for this and we wish for that. But it's like when you really start to understand something that you put your time, money, energy, blood, sweat, tears, every single thing that you have into it, man, you understand how much it takes to get to that next level. And it's like, it ain't going to be easy, but it's like, it's up to you where you're going to go. Like at the end of the day, yeah, they, they, they could be anybody's blocking your way. But if you busting your ass and you working hard all around the clock, 365, all around, there's nothing that you can't do. So I'm going to say that, yes, those are still the goals for me. But as of right now, I'm enjoying where I'm at. And that's cool because I'm understanding more so who I am, more so than I've ever been. And I'm good with that because I feel like, you know, with me doing exactly what I'm doing, I can go ahead and keep shooting for it. Or one of these days, somebody's going to say, who's that guy over there doing the second and the third? Been seeing him for a while now. You never know. I think that's how this works. And I'm just still continuing to work on me. That's who self-built is. Damn. What do you think of that, Fit Ugly? I like it. No, no. I I, <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I love it. I want to promote this guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, 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 wanna, I mean, I always did. I always yeah. did. Absolutely. Well, Lisa, let, yes. me, let me ask you this. So being in the industry for the past, you know, eight years, you know, I, I feel like on a scene, you, you would be considered like a vet. Have the younger guys, have you experienced this, like younger guys coming to you for advice now? Like, how's that been after putting in, you know, the time, you know, on the scene? Oh, absolutely. I've had, um, I wouldn't say I've had a whole, whole lot of young guys come to me, but um, while I was at former former places, I used to uh, train and wrestle at things of that nature. 
I've had uh, one, one to two young guys uh, come up to me. They see that, um, like, without me having to really explain myself and everything like that, and without, um, without seeming like I know every single thing. Like, I'll get in the ring to try to work on something that I already know, that I probably worked on a thousand times, right? And then you see someone who hasn't done anything yet and say, hey, what's this guy doing? So I had, like, at least two guys come up to me who felt that way, introduced themselves, and then actually wanted to get some tips and advice from me, even till this day, you know? Um, so it's always, uh, for me, it's one of the best feelings I could ever I could ever have because I still feel like I'm that guy. Like, right now, I'm always shadowing my uh, trainer, my, my mentor, my, my brother, the Pope, Elijah Burke. You know, I'm always shadowing him. So, you know, I still feel like that guy who's still like, hey, I need advice. I need this. I need that. So when someone's coming to ask me, sometimes I don't even know how to take it, to be honest with you. Like, <laughs> I look at it like, are you sure? Like, like you, sure you don't want to ask one of those other guys who, you know, who they know they know what they're doing. I mean, even though I do, it's just that I'm not trying to be that guy. I'm just, hey, look, listen, if you need help to work on certain things, I'm your man. I'm Mr. Repetition. Let's work on the work on it a thousand times. Get it as best as we possibly can. Let's be as safe as we possibly can be with it. You know, yeah. because wrestling, at the end of the day, is a great sport. It's one of the greatest in the world. People still love it till this day. I know it's not as popular as it used to be, but people still love it. And I mean, I still believe in those people who do. You know, so we have to try to make this as best as possible and not try to kill each other. You know. Yeah, that's always a plus. Uh, <laughs> damn. I mean, yeah. And, and you said you talk about repetition, you talk about, you know, the hard work and everything. What is it, you know, and you're training, how many days a week are you training and what are you doing? Are you working on psychology? Are you working on move sets? Are you working on, uh, you know, bodybuilding? What, what is, what is, uh, your regimen like? Uh, for me, I would say it's a little bit of everything. So at least like three to four times out of the week, I want to be, uh, either in the gym or doing my at home workouts. I have my own you know, weights at home. I have my own uh, my own resistance bands, things of that nature, push-up bars. So sometimes if I don't want to, like, leave out of my home to go to the gym, I go ahead and create a little circuit of a workout, you know, put some legs in there, some squats, some lunges, you know. No, it's not. Yeah, I, you know, I put some, throw some things in there, you know, uh, a little bit of uh, cardio with some, you know, jumping jacks. You know, you can do whatever you want when you're in the uh, confines of your own home. Yeah. But um, for me, three to four times out of the week, I got to be doing something active uh, uh, at least once or twice a week. I'm training at MCW, so, you know, I'm getting my physical reps in. And when I'm at home, I'm doing nothing but studying tape, especially promos, because I want to be able to continue to talk and talk well and want to talk people into the building because I know that I'm good with everything I do physical. I'm keeping myself in shape but i don't want to be that guy that has to rely on just that to bring people in like i want to talk you into the building without having to do 105 moves like a lot of people out here are doing mm. i don't need to do that i don't want to do that i want <laughs> to be a character that draws you in and then you can see what i can do and what i will do so that that's where i'm at with it i'm just trying to build all around so three to four times out the week uh physical training uh, once or twice a week, training at MCW Pro, getting those you know wrestling reps in, and all around just studying tape, studying tape. You can do that at any time, you know. And I'm always, uh, I'm always up at night sometimes, you know, when I don't go to sleep a little bit early. My uh, new job's been kicking my butt lately, so sometimes I've been in the bed at seven, eight, nine p.m. 
and mm-hmm. then sometimes randomly wake up at one. So sometimes when I do that, I'm putting wrestling on. I'm putting on a good promo. I'm putting on, you know, uh, studying things that I want to get better at because you can never stop getting better. You can never stop developing ever. So who's the guys that you feel like are, are doing a good promos now? Like if you if you got, you know, one or two guys that you feel like are killing it on promos that you want to watch, who, who's that these days? I mean, right now, The Miz, he's like one of the greatest, you know, and to be honest with you, I was a Miz detractor when he came in. I didn't I didn't believe nothing in him. I, I said, like, I don't like this guy. Forget him. Like, get him out of there. You know, I was Mr. Get him out of there. And then <laughs> and then I would say in, like, probably like 2015, 16, I started to become a fan of him because he never stopped, no matter what. And I said, you know what? He keeps going. He's still there. He's went through some stuff while he was there, too, and he's still there and still cutting these promos that make people believe. Man, he turned me into a fan. So The Miz, like, I would definitely say The Miz, he's he's great on the mic. Um. Uh, my brother, I had to say my brother, the Pope, Eliza Burke, he always been good on the mic, man. Always been good on the mic. I mean, look, Pope got promos galore. You understand? Like, you go online, you type in him talking, that man know how to talk. So that's another uh, that's another guy that I really, really, really look up to because when he talk, I feel like he can bring people in. He always does. People listen when he speaks. You understand? Mm-hmm. And they listen to either – cheer or you know cheer or boo whatever the case may be but the thing is they're always listening when the pope is talking so that's another guy right there who i feel like is still absolutely till this day killing it on promos and who i always look up to to get you know tips from to see what i can do and see what i don't need to that's the other thing i was just about to say you can watch any amount of you know, tape and, and or any amount of, you know, anything on social media or any product. And, and you can find out things that for you, for, for self-built Mason Walls, what you can do, what you want to do. But there's also things that don't work for you. And you find that stuff oh. out. Um, oh, absolutely. Because you can't, you know, nobody should do it all. You know, you got to find what works for you and then make the most of that. And I think you've done a really good job of finding that balance between tag team and singles wrestling, which I'm still, you're still evolving. I'm sure. And I'm, I'm sure you, you want to be that utility guy. It's like, Hey, you know what? I I can be in a tag team. I can be in a single, I can be in a battle Royal. I can be in a storyline. I can be in a, uh, I can be in an opening match to get the crowd going. Like the more things that you can do well, then the more things that you know that you're not, as as apt of doing that's going to make you stronger on every circuit that you go on hey look the way i look at it see i want to second everything you just said i don't want to be the guy that pigeonholes myself into one position and can't get out of it so that being said like i want to work hard in every area that has been given to me and everything that's been given to me out the seven to eight years i've been doing my best to grow within it and be the best that i can be within it that people can accept Management can accept, any promoter can accept, whoever decides to deal with me and employ me for that day or for the months or whatever that they can accept, you know? So I'm just all for it, working hard and making sure that I can at least uh, give them exactly what they're asking for. If not, you know, if not perfectly, at least damn near. Fit ugly, I, I want to do a question. 
I'm sorry. Yeah, I, wanna, dirty I was going to say, I want to do a callback. Hold on to your question, but I want to yeah. do a callback to earlier in this podcast where we were talking about, you know, uh, it's still being a fan of professional wrestling. Still, Hey, that's it. crazy. I was just going there. Go ahead. Damn right. Then go ahead. I know you know what I was thinking. We no, right no, no, there. No, the ahead. finger on the head right there. You know it. No, no. Go for it, Fit no, Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. That's what it is. I want to know eight years in the business and, and watching tape, studying tape. Uh, you know, it's always still good to step back and say, I'm a fan of this. I, you know, you said you enjoy doing it. You know, I know you enjoy the work, enjoy the grind, enjoy the character development. But are you still a fan of professional wrestling? Because that's what we need. You talked about mason you know wrestling not being as popular i think it's a po it's popular in different ways now than it was but i mean i want to get back to attitude era i want to get back to when wrestling was the thing the pro wrestling was the thing to watch and the thing to be at sold out every night doesn't matter what it is and are you still a fan out of all of this can you still watch a professional wrestling match and be a fan can you still get those vibes i am still 110% a fan of pro wrestling. I can still watch matches and get the same type of vibe. I mean, sometimes I got to go back. See, I'm 33 years old now. So for me, uh, like, I really came up. Uh, it really, I should have came up in the Attitude Era, but I didn't. I actually came up in the Ruthless Aggression Era. So that's when I really started watching. So, you know, when I want to get a good feel, you know what I'm saying, that good, like, that good, good feeling, I put, I put something on, like, Shawn Michaels versus Kurt Angle, WrestleMania 21. Hell if yeah. I want a good feel, I will put something on like that. That always puts me in the mood. That always, like, you know, it, it just gets me as far as wrestling and what wrestling uh, kind of was to what it transcended to be now. Like, it's not so, so different, but it is different. If you guys think about it, like, everybody looks different. Mm -hmm. uh, everybody, Everyone's not, like, it's not a, like, giant man's cup you know giant man sport anymore like it used to be just about the giants and you know people that's 200 plus pounds now it's like you can see anybody in it you know what i mean so you know that that was a good um it was a good transition for that um but yeah for me like if i want to put on anything it has to be things back in the mid-2000s all the way up and i i'll be good is that where you were going fit ugly yeah, that was where I was going, but you know what? I'm going to evolve the question. So, you know, being in the business, you know, being on the indie scene for the past like eight years or so, Mason, how do you, we were just talking earlier about how, like, you know, like Mikey said, you know, being a fan, um, still being a fan because the idea came out of the fact that, like, we're so exposed to, you know, the business side of things uh, when it comes to, like, you know, the bigger companies. How has the indie scene changed over the past, you know, eight years that you've been in a business? Um, it has changed. I would say it's still it's still here, though. It has changed. Like when I came in. Um, it started when I really, really started, like early 2016, February. Um, it was it was cool. It was starting to boom. And then like 2018, I think it was at its hottest, like. The indie scenes were at its hottest like no other. Like, everybody was doing everything all at once. You know what I mean? So I would say that, like, the indie scene been, you know, ripping it up for the uh, for a couple years in the mid-2010s. And uh, no problem. And then uh, I would say 2019 going into 2020 when the world was starting to shut down, that's when it took a hit, to be honest with you. Because, you know, when, when uh, that whole thing went on, you know, we weren't allowed to have crowds. You know, we weren't allowed to be around each other. So it it naturally took a hit every single where on uh, in the U.S. pretty much. You know what I'm saying? The planet for all that matter. But mm -hmm. 
it's like, you know, I would say it kind of, you know, drowned it out a bit. Uh, 2021, like mid-2021, like summer, we were starting to bring it back. And now I feel like it's uh, – I feel like right now it's back at a comfortable place where we were trying to get it uh, 2018. In 2019, I think we're trying to get that, you know, get it back as hot as it was, but I think it's still hot nonetheless. Yeah, yeah. Damn, I love it. I, I, I you know, it, it's it's hearing the passion coming out of you. I think I I brought this up before. I, you know, some of our conversations on the podcast um, over seven, eight years, and also just some of our guests, the passion that's coming out of you, just I can feel it, man. And I hope that when you're out there doing your thing, whether it's training, preparing, watching video, doing matches, traveling, whatever it is, 33 years old is what it is. Because you, you, you in there, and it ain't it ain't about age. It's about you know, can can you go? Are you willing to go? Are you able to go? And do you have the passion for it? I think you do, and I hope everybody continues to see that. And, and, and from the Pope all the way or all, all the way around. Look, man, seven eight years. God forbid, I never had no major injury a day in my life. I never been uh, under a knife under surgery ever. So my thing is, age ain't nothing but a figment of the <laughs> of the mind. <laughs> for as far as I'm concerned, you understand? Because I'm going hard. I'm going strong. And Mikey D, you've been seeing me for a very long time. Besides eight, uh, besides eight years, you've been seeing me for longer than this. To be honest, That's so right. that being said, yes, you already know where I come from. You already know. You've been seeing me for too long. I'm out <laughs> here, man. I'm timeless, brother. Timeless. That, see, there's your next gimmick right there. Timeless. There you go. Timeless. Timeless. There you go. That, that's fine. That's you fine. Can, you you, you can put that. in a promo right there. You yeah, can you, you can go. make that happen. And you know, and it's just like that when things come out of nowhere, where you just figure out, man, like this is what you're meant to be doing, and that's just Absolutely. great. Uh, and so I want the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast listeners to be able to follow you. So I want you to tell us and uh, give us the list of what we can do: social media, websites, bookings, whatever promotions you're working for uh go ahead just give us the list all right i'm on all the social media i'm on facebook my regular page at mason walls my like page at self-built mason walls i have a like page for my brand called self-built brand all, all on facebook i have a youtube type in mason walls you'll find me easily the pictures will let you know the logos will let you know anywho i also have instagram you can follow me on there at mason walls Nine ten, I matter of fact underscore nine ten. I got to get that thing right because you know with the underscores and whatnot. If you don't type <laughs> it in right, you're not gonna find it. I'm also on Twitter at Mason Walls ninety. You can find me on Twitter at Mason Walls ninety. Those are all my platforms for now. I am out here. I'm ready for whatever is coming for me. Y'all got my social media? Please follow me, like, share, subscribe, do all of that. I greatly appreciate it in advance. Make make sure to send me that list on uh, the messenger uh, on the Facebook messenger that whole detailed Absolutely. list so I can copy and paste and put that on all of our social media Absolutely. so we can promote you as well. Absolutely. And, and fit ugly, I, I got one more thing for Mason right here. We we know about the first bump. We've asked about this all yes. the time. Uh, but you know what we've been talking about in the last couple months? We've been talking about Mount Rushmore. I want to know because. You know, talking about the mid-2000s and talking about everything else, I want to know what your Mount Rushmore top four professional wrestling entities are ever on that on that wall. And we're going to do them both. We're going to do – we'll do the women first if you got that, but then we want to do the men. How about that, Fit Ugly? You want to hear this, don't you? I, I do, yes. 
Mason. Oh man, y'all said y'all said women and men. Ooh, yeah, we y'all. yeah we give the props to everybody, and we also had a tag team one. But I ain't gonna put you on that spot because I know you're trying to get into the single scene. But you know what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you would agree with a lot of this. But let's do the women and the men. Go ahead. All right, women first. All right, women first. Women first. Since I came up in like the mid 2010s, uh, not mid 20s. I'm sorry, mid 2000s, all yeah. the way up. Um, I'm going to say. Trish Stratus. Okay. Mm-hmm. She, could def- she could definitely be one. Um, mm. Who else do I have? Man, y- y- y'all, really, y'all really got me on this one. <laughs> I don't hey, want to just throw want... people out there just for throwing people out there. Nah, that's, that's all not... right. All right. So I'm going to throw in there Bianca Belair. I like hey, her yeah. a whole lot. She's done a whole lot. With a little bit of time she's been there, I feel like she created a lot of history already. So she could be in there for me. Um, let's see. I'm gonna say, uh, Becky Lynch. Okay, so she says she main evented WrestleMania. That's a heavy one, you know what I'm saying? She main mm-hmm. evented, so she gotta, she gotta get a spot, you know. And I mean, I, I like her, I like her work, I've always liked her, you know. Since she just since she became the man, she popped off even more in astronomical ways. So it's just that, you know, once she got that main event, nobody could take it away from her. So she yeah. got going there. Let's see. And let me see. Who can I? Who can I? Who can I? And I'm gonna give it to my girl Mickey James. I love Mickey James. Okay. She can get in there too. Mickey James, look, she's been doing her thing. Uh she's been doing her thing regardless of the things that she's been given. Cause I feel like she ain't get like a lot of good, good, great storylines to make her more of a like, you know, uh I'm like more of a women's mainstream champion. You know what I mean? Like, I felt like she didn't get highlighted as much as she could have. That makes sense. Yes. I agree. But then she, and she still made history, though. Like, her coming, um, uh, being able to wear the Impact Women's World, uh, Women's Knockout Championship at the Royal Rumble. That's classic. You know, nobody can take that away from her. So, yeah, she got going, man. That's a good moment. I'm glad you still brought that up because that was, that was beautiful. Oh, absolutely beautiful. She's the only one to do it. <laughs> The That's only right. one. So, what about the uh, male performers? Pause. Man, it's going. This, <laughs> this, this about to be insane right here. Because I mean, I ain't got conventional answers, but you know, I'm always, I'm always for my guys. You know, so for me, based on who I was looking at coming up, I would say one would be Eddie Guerrero. Mm. He got going there. <laughs> Yes, sir. Eddie yeah. got going there, man. Yes, Eddie knew how to do it all. Eddie knew how to do it all, you yes, know? Sir. Like, he knew how to get in the air. He knew how to keep it all in the ring. He knew how to do that technical part. He knew his character was second to none. Like, the man did it all. Like, I look at that as far as, like, being able to be utilized in all ways. Eddie did it all. He can be a main eventer. He can be the cruiserweight champion. He can be he can be a tag team. He can be anybody. Like, that's, that's great. All roles. So, Eddie Grove's one. Oh yeah, Eddie Guerrero is one. Who would I say? As far as my time, I'm gonna throw in there. This is gonna sound crazy, but I'm gonna throw in there John Cena. All right, his thing. I'm gonna throw John Cena in there because he has done it day in and day out. No matter what anybody said towards people, people hated him for years. He still did it. He still kept going. He still kept going. Like it's hard. It's hard for a lot of people to deal with that. Like, even though it's a show, it's hard for people to deal with that, you know, on a personal level still because it's still 
they're still giving you themselves. When we're out there, we're still, you know, we're still giving ourselves. So, you know, it, it like you never know how someone's taking those reactions when they're doing the best that they possibly can and then being able to uh, uh, not or not being able to control what they can and can't do because they're being told to do one thing. It's like, all right, well, if I'm going to go out there, these people are going to be like this, and that's just what it's going to be. So, but, you know, I'm going to throw in John Cena because he goes no matter what, and he's able, you know, he was able to accomplish a whole, whole lot more than almost anybody could ever dream up in WWE, period. So, all right. He'll be the second one going in there. Um, my third for me personally, I'm gonna say Booker T. Hell yeah, that's a good so, one. So, the reason I'm gonna throw Booker T in there because for me, he's the outsider coming in. His company got bought out by the competition. So, the thing is, instead of you know, instead of sitting it out like a lot of people did, Booker T bet on himself, he threw himself in the in. in <laughs> Pretty much in the in the wolves in the wolves woods. In the lion's yeah. So he threw himself in there, and he was able to like come out of it. He was able to come out of it better than what he went in, to be honest. Because you know he was able to mangle with them. If they hated him coming in, then guess what? He took all of that until they had to accept him. Until he became a WWE guy, and now look at him now. Like still, you know, still working with the company. And they are uh, commentator capacity, but you know he's still doing his own things on the outside. And I know that he took some years off uh, early on in his career, um, but he still made like he still cemented himself within WWE. Like a lot of people, a lot of former talent from WCW couldn't really like do it uh, on a level like he did. You know what I'm saying? Even with character changes and everything, I feel like Booker T took everything that was given to him and he. Blew it out of the park as much as he could be where he could be accepted. So, Booker T for real, he's my third on the Mount Rushmore. All right. And we take it home here with one more. We got about two minutes in the podcast, so go for it. All right. One more, one more, one more. Oh, man. All right. This, this is going to be it. <laughs> uh, who, who can be my one more? All right. My, my last guy right here. Now, I didn't, I didn't watch him coming up a lot, but watching him now anytime that I can, I feel like I'm always going to be able to accept Bret Hart. I feel like Bret Hart would be, I would be something like a Bret Hart. I'm trying to be something like a Bret Hart. Somebody that knows how to work all with everybody and everything. Like he make everything looks good. Everything is like, everything is so effortless with Bret. Like Bret's a worker's worker, you know? And I, I like to watch him to try to learn better psychology, you know, better way of doing things, you know? Um, the, the, the way of doing things where you don't do too much, you know, less is way more, you know. So, Bret Hart, like, him being as technical as he is with the submissions and everything like that, he's somebody that I can always, always learn off of. And I didn't watch him coming up, but watching him now and seeing everything that I could have saw, I understand why people were fans of him in the first place because I would have been from day one as well, which I am. So, he's on my four. And that is a great Mount Rushmore and everything. I, I will tie this up by saying all four of those guys that you mentioned, it's all about longevity. And you're about Absolutely. that. You're, and I appreciate that. I appreciate you taking time out of your life, out of your schedule to come back and talk to us. And I hope you do it again. And I hope that we can continue to follow you of what you're doing. Fit Ugly, this was great. This was great. We appreciate yourself, Bill Mason Walsh, for coming back. 
I appreciate it. Big Ugly, Dirty Mike. Thank you guys for having me as always. Can't wait to see you guys on the next one. Absolutely. We will do that and we will tag you all in all of this and share it. And we appreciate everybody sticking around for this Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast, episode 121. And we will be back next month. Hopefully, we will be talking about the Orioles coming in to be in World Series champions. Hopefully, we will talk about the Ravens not losing uh, when they should have <laughs> won the game 14 times. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I love it. But anyway, hopefully, we won't be talking about Miami, even though CM Funk loves them 70 to 20 Aww. over Denver. But, you know, hey, now. We love entertainment. We love it. We're not right. We're not wrong. We're just fans, and we're fans of Mason Walls. Thank you very much, sir. And uh, you guys have a great night. Everybody on the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast, enjoy yourselves. Three, two, one. Deuces. Deuces. Damn right. <laughs>